0: Yes, here we go. Another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne. I am your host for today and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. All right, today I am chatting with Emma Nimpton, who is the Senior Manager of Global Business Development and Partnerships at Headspace. She builds business relationships with some of the world's largest brands, including Nike, Spotify, WeWork, and Amazon. And I'm just really grateful to share this conversation because Emma is just flat out an awesome human being. It was a great chat. She's a real person. We go real deep on different practices and things she's learned at Headspace and just throughout the, her whole life, frankly. And also she's just real about these type of practices. Like just because she's working at Headspace, which is one of the global leaders in mindfulness and meditations, um, doesn't mean that she is perfect in these practices, which, you know, I think we can all relate to. So there's a lot of great practical conversation and insights and just advice from this chat with Emma. So please enjoy it. And as always, have the absolute best day yet. Emma, first question that everyone gets on this show is, who are you? Or how do you define yourself as as a human?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I'm really glad I didn't know what that question was. (laughs) Um, How do I define myself as a human? Um, I mean, I think a couple kind of traits come to mind. I'm adventurous. um, I'm quite spontaneous at times. Um, I love being social. Uh, I really love learning from my friends and, and the community that surrounds me. Um, I'm very inherently curious and, uh, yeah, I think I'm just kind of, I, I, I see myself as, as a lifelong learner. So yeah, someone who's very, very inherently curious I have, you know, a mom who's a psychologist and a, and a life coach. So I've been kind of having this internal, um, I guess, soul searching from from a super sure. yeah
0: i love it and and thank you for for answering that um and, and the reason i asked that question is just avoid job titles essentially yeah, so
1: totally, i love that
0: if um you know just knowing a bit of your background and where you're from I, i'm curious like that sense of, of adventure and curiosity is that coming from you know, growing up in um, you know, being a fellow Canadian myself, yeah. uh, growing up in the West part of our country, which, you know, is known for all of its, you know, outdoor activities and just adventure. Like, has this always been in you since a kid?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, my, uh, my parents always would prefer to kind of take my brother and I on, um, trips and, and, kind of give experiences to us like rather than gifts you know what i mean so we would have like very you know modest let's say christmases and in return we would do like a really cool family trip somewhere overseas or um go camping together every summer you know on hornby island and um, of course growing up with you know so much to explore in your backyard in little victoria british columbia i think that yeah it's just you know didn't really have any other option. This sounds I'm already feeling so old, just saying this, like we had to be outside, you know, but yeah. we had to outside.
0: and how, like, so how did that start? Like, why don't you share a little bit about your path? I know I avoided the job description. Um, question, but just, just to get the listeners up to speed from, um, that time in the West in British Columbia to now you're in, you're in Venice beach at headspace. So yeah. What did that path look like for you?
1: Um, well, I mean, I won't bore you with like all of the details. I had a very, I bounced around a lot of places. Um, but yeah, I, I studied, uh, I, I started off actually studying psychology in school um, and then I found out about a study abroad program and took a year to study in Sweden um, just outside of Stockholm and studied international media and communication science. Um, and in fact it was because I, I met a couple uh, a couple gals who were actually at UCLA or something at the time um, and I was studying at at University of Victoria. And they were telling me that they were communication majors and i was like what is that (laughs) what is that we didn't have that at at university of victoria i think the only school who maybe had that major was i don't know simon fraser or something but um you know they kind of like talked to me a little bit about what it entails you know like media writing you know comms pr advertising marketing etc and i was like oh that's a career like perfect um so i actually yeah just really kind of dove into that and and took a bunch of courses in in Sweden and came back and decided that that that's what I wanted to do. So, um, kind of took this path of, uh, you know, marketing and, and comms. And then, I mean, I'm, it's kind of like, what haven't I done? I've done everything from, you know, work with, um, athletic brands, such as Lululemon to working for a small in-house production company in Toronto, um, had a stint where I worked with the Olympics in broadcast, um, and logistics, and then kind of found my way to Toronto and stumbled across this opportunity at a really young startup, um, that was working in the B2B uh, e-commerce space, uh, in, in marketing role. And then kind of just really dove in, I guess, to, to kind of retail tech, um, and working in the startup community in Toronto. And I spent about four or so years at that company. Um, I mean, yeah, broke off did some freelance work, um, kind of in on the branding side, and then ended up wanting a bit of a shift and kind of a new city to explore, and yeah, came to LA and set up a you know a ton of meetings and landed myself um, at Headspace in a consulting capacity, working for their business to uh, business enterprise kind of side of their side of the company, and here I okay. am, yeah, almost three years later
0: amazing so there seems to be from what i'm hearing a little bit of a theme that has something to do with health you know mm-hmm. there's obviously mm-hmm. physical and, and mental and definitely now um uh, very much so on the, on the mental fitness standpoint like where has that always been uh, a part of your life or like what yeah. did that just happen naturally
1: i i'm probably you know a bit of like nature nurture <laughs> i mean my, sure. i'm quite uh i mean i won't put them in the box but yeah i have parents who are who are more i guess erring on the hippie side than, than most <laughs> more conservative parents they definitely are not um so yeah my you know my mom was super into aerobics when i was a kid you know loved to go for runs same with my dad just have a very athletic family grew up playing sports um yeah my same thing my, my brother played sports um up through high school and, and university as well so so yeah i think you know, it's just something I, I grew up with. Um, But, but yeah, I I definitely think it's kind of swayed, swayed my path for sure.
0: Sure. Well, and it's interesting, because I mean, even just seeing how all of this has evolved over the last, especially on the, on the mental fitness side of things, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, even, even just with Keo for the last three and a half years, it's just the language around how we talk about a lot of these different practices. And I think meditation has, has definitely carved, that path um i think as as one of the pioneers around just making it a little bit more mainstream acceptable and starting conversation i'm curious just from your side of things how have you seen this evolve over the last you know few years from from your uh travels and, and job experience
1: yeah i mean as it pertains to kind of just the conversation around uh mental wellness is that, is that yeah more- exactly yeah Um, I mean, I think it's just become so much more mainstream. I, I think, you know, just be due to the huge amounts of research that have been published um, around mental health and mental fitness. It's, it's just something that we can't really deny anymore. I think we used to think of meditation as, you know, something that our weird, kind of like kooky aunt practiced or mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's totally. for me, you know, but I think, um, you know, and one of our main goals at headspace has really been to like demystify meditation and show that it's for anyone and everyone. And, you know, you don't, <laughs> doesn't matter how old you are it it, it doesn't matter you know what kind of your your background is or where you're going like this is a tangible skill that can help you and you know regardless of of kind of what box you fit into and um you know i think it's just it's just more acceptable now i think as we've seen it become more mainstream in pop culture and sport you know from whichever kind of ceo it's i think a lot of people are just talking about it's more just extremely topical. And yeah, I mean, sure. I mean like, what is it? 50,000 or something thoughts a day. And a lot of those can yeah. be negative. Um, I think if you don't, yeah, take the time to kind of refocus your mind on the positive, or at least just acknowledge that that is a negative thought, uh, you won't ever like, you know, ever be able to really just grow and, and kind of develop as a person.
0: Totally. Well, I mean, I think w- what I'm seeing at least definitely on the consumer side and in the public, side of things that, you know, it's, it's really starting to shift, which is really nice. And I'm, but I'm curious, uh, especially given your role, cause it, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're, you're leading a lot of the strategic partnerships, um, mm-hmm. for headspace, mm-hmm. right? So obviously a lot of, uh, business meetings and, and all of that. So on the corporate side of things, uh I'm starting to see a shift as well, but there's definitely uh, a lot more to go. Um where do you see things moving on the corporate side of things when it comes to prioritizing someone's mind?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's really funny. Like we kind of call on this anecdote all the time that even though we work at Headspace, like not every employee at Headspace is sitting at their desks meditating. You
0: know, <laughs> come on. So I
1: know talking, but you know, so I think it's just a lot like going back to that kind of normalizing, you know, what meditation and mindfulness is and having it be an accepted part of the workday. It's, it's like, there is no delineation really between work and life. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot about work life balance, but so much of us are doing, you know, what we love and that just naturally kind of bleeds into the rest of our day or, you know, we take our work home with us. And so I think that there has been a big shift from even just noticing that certain companies now have appointed A wellness director who is responsible for their employee base you know for their overall kind of health and wellness um you know when we we know like i referenced a lot of studies that have been published more recently around mindfulness in the workplace but you know happier people just just lead to healthier businesses we know the impact that Mindfulness can have on things such as workplace productivity, you know, absenteeism, just creating a more compassionate workforce or more compassionate leaders. Um, yeah, I think people just recognize now that there are companies that people will go to, knowing that they have this kind of support, level of support and care for their for their employees' mental health and well being.
0: That's interesting, and I think. <sighs> You know, the, the day that we can get to that point, I feel like that's when we're really start seeing some some change because, um, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this. I, I think, you know, once we can evolve from purely looking at this from a kind of profit and loss mm-hmm. setup, right? Like, yeah. you know, just, oh, we're going to lose those employees for three months, um, which is historically how any of these type of HR type activities totally. come up to, right. To, I think you nailed it. It's just, it's like, how much, how much do you need out there to, to, to prove that, you know, someone with a healthy mind or that is happy is yeah. going to actually perform really well. Right.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So
0: yeah. yeah. What are you seeing if on that side of things?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's just like, comes down to that you know, having that human to human connection and just having like your employer, like just knowing that your employer has that level of care, I think is mm. so impactful. And and for people who have, you know, not even like a regular kind of mindfulness practice, but um are just more in touch with their um with their thoughts and, and being able to be less reactive or maybe be a little bit less aggressive in a, in a situation where perhaps you're having a difficult conversation. Like, I don't think it takes, you know, a genius to know that, that that's a good setup for, for workplace mm-hmm. culture. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing it have an enormous impact just in general, how mindfulness is just helping employees gain like a new, you know, perspective or, you know, be more focused in their day-to-day work or, you know, decreasing their levels of stress, um, feeling more resilient, you know, in their day-to-day. Like it's just, yeah, it's having an enormous impact.
0: Sure. Well, let's give Headspace a little love and I'd love to know... You know what it's like working at an organization like headspace because you know i think one day it will become the norm we're not there yet but mm-hmm. definitely you know a place like headspace is is a unique spot right i mean yeah. i think last time last time i was there uh, visiting you and, and a few others uh i fortunately was able to take place or to take part in the um the daily meditation oh, nice. and, Andy was kind of sitting down and like near my feet and I'm yeah <laughs> it's very surreal right yeah actually having it could rub his head type thing versus wow. listening to him in, in earphones so yeah <laughs> yeah what's like what's a day in the life at Headspace or for you specifically what's what how's it been
1: yeah, I mean it's it's been incredible. It's it's really funny like I I have this conversation a lot um especially, you know, when I'm interviewing kind of new candidates or 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 people who are just generally kind of interested in in headspace at large and I swear no one is paying me to say this, but <laughs> I find myself saying and this was one of my first reactions even just joining as, you know, a consultant and and, and not necessarily as a full-time employee like the people who work here are so kind it's just the only word that i can use like people are so kind they're so creative you know they're so talented and and i think a lot of that shows right in how our our brand comes to life and and you know how just strategic we have been i guess in our overall kind of positioning and how playful we are you know how how just like compassionate the people are who work here um and I'm like, Oh, that, you know, could be a coincidence, but like, it's probably not <laughs> probably sure. because, you know, they have some sort of, like I said, like some sort of mindfulness practice, um, and in, in some way, shape or form. And, um, yeah, I think it just creates this really beautiful sense of, um, like belonging and, and people who are all working here for, you know, a greater good and, and a mission of, improving the health and happiness of the world. Like it's no small task. Um, yeah. and I think it attracts like a certain type of, of person. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly blown away at, at, yeah. Like I said, how, how kind and, and nice, um, you know, everyone is here, but doesn't mean that we're all like pushovers or like, you know, levitating around the office by any yeah, yeah, of course like, <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, like I said, like we, you know, you more than anyone too, like know the, the impact of, of meditation and how it can show up in your day to day. And, um, you just really see that kind of shining through, I think in, in like, yeah, inside the office.
0: Of course. So, you know, when you leave those office walls, I'm just Mm -hmm. curious over the last few years, like what has, what have you taken with you personally? Um, or were you able to, you know, expand your own practices?
1: Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, the impact of meditation is a really funny thing. I feel like we all try to quantify it because like that's our, you know, gut reaction is to try to equate it to something that we know, like we go to the gym, we work out, we see our muscles getting stronger where yeah. with meditation, it's like, okay, you sit down, you be quiet with yourself, you know, in your own thoughts. And after that 10, 15 minutes, like, okay, well, what happened? It's kind of hard to <laughs> this is how, you know, th- and, and I think in the moment you can say, you know, I feel more relaxed. I feel more calm. And I think has those kind of immediate, uh, impacts or, or effects, but yeah, kind of sustain like long-term effect is pretty difficult, at least for me personally to, to quantify. But what I notice is where it shows up, um, in my life in like very specific interactions. And I can like recall one, well, I mean many, but I can recall one in particular where, um, I didn't have my keys to get in the house and my like husband had taken them by accident, but I was like late for something and was trying to break in through my window. And, you know, (laughs) very quickly kind of telling myself the same story, like, Oh, why did Jordan do that? And, you know, I would, in a different scenario, be like freaking out at this situation. And what I noticed is I was like, huh, I don't have my keys. Like that's too bad. And you know, I just like walked around to my backyard and like found a spot sitting down on my patio, like in the sun. And I was like, this is actually pretty nice. Like maybe I'll just kind of stay here, you know, until Jordan gets back. And he wasn't picking up his phones. So there's nothing really else I can do. And I was like, Whoa, holy shit. Like yeah. I am not reacting anymore. Um, and to the point where I, you know, I'm like, wait, but I like these emotions and like having those highs and lows, but and I still do, but I just think in those little moments or like when you're driving in traffic and someone cuts me off, like that knee jerk reaction is to be pissed or, or, you know, or just to react to that moment and, and kind of feed that negativity. And, um, I find that, that, that that's definitely how it, how it shows up, you know, just like just being less reactive, staying more calm, you know, just being more open-minded and, and just having that level of, of clarity, like of my own thoughts, just really being able to not, you know, judge those thoughts and just let them kind of come and go. Um, So yeah, that's, that's how it, that's how it shows up for me.
0: It's so powerful because, I mean, I find any of these practices just develop this this really heightened sense of self-awareness that, mm-hmm. right, like kind of, as you're describing, pull you out of the noise, whatever it is, and just allow you to see that, you know, 30 or 40,000 foot view and, totally. and, you know, it's, it's okay. But I, you raise a really good point. And it's something even, even myself with meditation I, I struggle with at the beginning, but it's just like how... It, are there any tips or even just working within obviously a whole group of people that are, are trying to help people with this, but mm-hmm. to help people get started. Right.
1: Yeah,
0: Because I find um, it was something I've been trying recently is just playing around with breath work and, and some mm-hmm. of like Wim Hof stuff and something like that. It's funny. I mean, and, and I've been meditating for, for years, but I remember when I did the breath work, you can immediately feel the, like the, the physical yeah exactly yeah. and i i just it's funny because i remember when it happened saying oh wow if you know if you could get this somehow through meditation when you're first starting mm-hmm. then you'd so much easier to to start it off totally. but again the benefits are still there as long as you can keep it up so is there anything that to, to help
1: yeah i mean so with any kind of new you know habit or or behavior shift that you're trying to make um you know it really helps to like anchor that habit to an existing habit so what we you know or like what i tell friends who have maybe never tried you know meditating in their their life or would be very kind of resistant to trying it um you know i say like well because people's like kind of biggest um i guess yeah knee-jerk reaction is i don't have time um we don't have time (laughs) you know we're just not prioritizing that like time to 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 sit down and, and kind of look after yourself and so you know For sure, someone is spending, you know, or maybe like a friend of ours spending like more than five minutes on Instagram in any given day or any kind of super modest, (laughs) super modest, just to prove a point. But you know, I I think it can, like, you can have that impact in as little as like two, three minutes. So like, you don't, I think it seems really daunting to sit down in silence for even 10 minutes. Um, And so it's just breaking it down into like a more kind of sizable chunk and anchoring it to something that you're already doing, a ritual that you're already doing every day. Like, brushing your teeth or having your morning cup of coffee or taking a morning shower, whatever it may be. Like, how can you tack it on to, you know, a ritual or a habit that you already have and know that way, you know, you're just kind of like weaving it into your existing routine and not trying to add on or or kind of like, you know, wedge something into your morning or or your evening.
0: Totally. Just, I mean, kind of setting yourself up for success. I I really like that. I like anchoring. So when you're Emma, like, I imagine you've got quite a bit of travel with your role, just meeting different organizations Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So when you're out of the regular, like the normal routine, you know, what, I guess, like a two part question. First of all, like, what are the non-negotiables for you when, when it comes to your, your mental and physical fitness? Like What are some of the things that you're always doing?
1: Totally. Um, you know, it's funny, like You would also assume that I have a very regular meditation practice, like because I work for a meditation mindfulness company. Um, But
0: you're human.
1: (laughs) But I'm human. And and I think within that, I really give myself, you know, the freedom and flexibility to, like, miss a day when things are crazy. Or I, I actually find that. I'm almost more consistent with my practice when everything is kind of pretty even keel and there's not a lot of disruption kind of in my, in my life. And when I'm hitting a super, I don't know, high stress moment or, um, yeah, kind of life kind of throws something at me unexpectedly. I feel like that's when my, when I kind of push something like mindfulness in, away, which is crazy because it should be, you know, yeah. kind of the opposite. And I know that the impact that it can have, but I do find that like when I'm out, you know, on the road or uh, traveling for work, I just make sure that I can commit to at least, you know, sitting in, in silence for at least 10 minutes, three times a week. I just kind of set that as okay. my bar, And I know the the effect it has if I, do, if, if I don't do that. Um, you know, it's almost like if you, I'm, I'm a big breakfast gal, I make a smoothie every morning. Like if I skip breakfast, I'm going to be starving and angry. <laughs> so I <know laughs> if I, you know, if I miss my, my meditation or, you know, I, I don't get to it in the morning or I don't get to it, let's say at like three o'clock in the afternoon, like I feel the effects of that. I'm, I'm yeah. more frazzled, you know, I don't feel as clear in, in my thinking processes that I'm just, I'm not like on my A game and that feels, you know, crappy. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I set, but I, but like I said, I don't give myself a hard time if, you know, I miss the morning or the afternoon or, or something doesn't go right. Or my schedule is off. Like that's okay. It happens to everyone. Um, and then I think same, same thing with like working out mentally. Like I, I have to work out physically and, and I kind of give that same, like I have to exercise three, at least three days a week. Um, I'm a big class pass fan. So luckily when I'm traveling, I can wherever, wherever I want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's what's interesting. I mean, because I, I think physical exercise for people that do exercise regularly, when when you do miss a certain amount of days, like you feel that right away. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to mental fitness, again though, if you're doing it regularly, then you like it's kind of a I, that's it's happened to me where where I've noticed exactly right. what you described and right. remember thinking I'm like, oh, this is great because I've I've crossed some sort of line in terms of the practice where if it's not there, I can f- actually feel it. Whereas yeah. again, physical exercise is a lot easier to pick up on that.
1: Right. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you move a week, you know, and you're like doing a hit class or something and you're not able to sprint for as long as you were the week before, like that's crazy to notice that even just in a yeah. week, I'm, like, oh, I'm not as strong as I was last week because I slacked this week. Um, but yeah, with, with meditation it is like I said, it is a bit more Nuanced, and you really have to be in tune with yourself. I feel like to be, yeah. be able to pick up on those subtleties and know, you know, when we, yeah, when when you're kind of falling behind.
0: Yeah, totally. So, Emma, is there anything else that you're doing? Like, that, or any uh, any other practices that fall into your your wellness toolkit?
1: Um, honestly, like lately, I've been trying to spend some more like time with myself, just just alone time. I feel like because I am so inherent, like, or, or I have a natural inkling to be social and kind of fill my time with friends and loved ones. Um, and, and my husband's pretty similar, you know, it, I do think it's super important that I give myself space to just be alone and feel good in that alone. Um, I think that's when I, you know, have, or that's just like when, yeah. When, when, when thoughts arise and I'm able to really think about things, you know, just, just with a different perspective, as opposed to bouncing ideas or my thoughts or feelings off someone else. Um, yeah, that's really refreshing for me. So I would like to commit to kind of, you know, spending some more time just for myself. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, you know, I have, I have a light and I will caveat with light, um, journaling practice. I, I am not (laughs) I'm not amazing at sticking to routines. And so although I wanna be like, I'm gonna open up my journal every day and I'm gonna write down my three things, you know, and like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. have my water and I'm off to the races, like I just I can't like stuff comes up in the morning or I'm like racing around or, you know, whatever or what have you. Um, yeah, it's it's challenging for me to um Stick to that kind of routine. And I'm even saying this out loud, I'm like, I'm just making up excuses because, like, I'm fine time to meditate or I find time to exercise. Sure. Um, but I i do feel really just good and fulfilled when I do take time to do that. Um, and I'm a, I just am super nostalgic and like I just love looking back at memories. So I always yeah. keep a journal of the travel. Um, and I think maybe that's part of the reason why it's a bit daunting to kind of commit to that every you know day or a couple times a week because my tendency or my uh the way that i look at journaling is much more like in depth you know mm-hmm. like getting in the right zone and the right mindset to really like spill your guts kind of over like tens of twenties of pages um as opposed to just kind of like setting an intention, let's say for the day or writing down something that you're grateful for. So I have been trying to do that kind of three things that I'm grateful for, you know, sure. three highlights from the previous day and, and a couple of objectives, um, yeah. For the day. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad. So thanks for being authentic on that because it, yeah. it does open up a really, I think, important conversation around just journaling in general and just something I've even, you know, learned over the last essentially 12 years doing it. Um,
1: 12 years, that just put me to shame.
0: (laughs) But here's the thing with that. It's, it's, it's evolved. Like, and I was just, what I was about to say is that even though, and you kind of set yourself up on this, just with the travel journaling and the way that you're, you're doing that and, and how you kind of view journaling, what's shifted for me is really that, you know, take away the actual physical act of it or how you're doing it. And it's really just the fact that you're reflecting, Right. So um, like even for myself, I used to keep I, I always did it in a digital fashion just because it worked like it worked well for me in that sense. But I used I remember I used to really pride myself on being able to pull up these, you know, these I started off in Word docs, but then, you know, shift yeah. it around. But now I'm, I'm really less concerned about that. And because because of things like meditation and all these other practices, knowing that the true benefit is when you're going through the process. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, what what made me think of this is when you're, you're mentioning how you're, you're taking more time for yourself. I mean, that's a sense, that's a, a, essentially a type of journaling where you're, you're probably just, you know, thinking about things or releasing thoughts mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So it, again, I, I thank you for bringing it up because I think the more we can talk about the different ways that you can do this, then it makes it a, a lot more accessible for people, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It opens up the different use cases.
1: What, like, what impact do you feel like it has in, in the moment? Is it, you know, therapeutic for you? Is it allowing you to kind of either, yeah, have a more kind of clear line of thinking around something or a certain topic? Or or what do you feel like is the, is the benefit for you in the moment? Or is it to be able to kind of look back, you know,
0: whatever it is
1: like yeah see like where you were at and how you were growing or what
0: you know it's a good question i mean i think the look back is it's interesting but it's and you know if i do that you know it's not i haven't found a tool yet that is as good as like a facebook of you know throwing out you know past memories right which essentially is essentially is a form of journaling so um So again, but I find it interesting where I, where I see the most value in my life is, you know, when things are going a little bit out of control or feel, you know, anxious about something, just being able to, again, just like what you're saying, kind of pull out of that scenario for a few minutes and, and release those worries again, less than 10 minutes, all of a sudden, you know, at least for me, my, my mood or mindset completely shifts, right? Mm -hmm. Um and the other thing, too, is just like you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So throwing in some gratitude in any of those, whether that's a gratitude meditation or just listing out, you know, the last thing that really made you smile or lit you up from a journaling perspective, it, it just it's so from a like a psychological state, you're you're out of whatever mess you were in in, in that moment. Right. So that, you know, that's where I, I've found it really helpful. Then the other thing, just having to practice for so long, it, it kind of, you know, it reminds me of the physical training, right? Like if you're about to run a marathon, I mean, it's not, it's not the day of the marathon that you're, you know, you're really cooking. It's like the, whatever the months of training before. And that's the way I've been looking at all these practices that, oh, I'm, I'm doing this daily because I know for sure something's going to come up. And to your point, will mm-hmm. be able to just like, calm it down. Right. And that's where the training comes in. Right. So, which
1: takes so much willpower and drive to, to continue up with that practice and kind of keep that sustained. I, yeah. I feel like that's, what's challenging for me is, is knowing like, of course, you know, that it's inherently good for you. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, yeah, it's just challenging. Like it's, it's almost, and and I use this, you know, analogy all the time, like meditation is almost just like taking, a daily vitamin. Like you know that it's good for you. You yeah. can't really see like it's a bit of fear like oh this is how it's impacting, you know, my behavior or my mood or my mindset. But um yeah, of course it's helping, you know, your overall health and well-being and creating that space and and clarity um for the mind, but for but sure. yeah, I I I know that journaling does does the same thing.
0: Is there is there a particular time of day that you find whether it's journaling or meditation or any of these practices that have kind of set you up for the most success?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's either it's either in the morning. Um, but with a lot of kind of early morning calls, I find that it's easy for me to kind of push it to the wayside. But we do have and I would highly suggest and you know, anyone do this, we have blocks that are set in our calendars um, at, at Headspace that block 10am and 3pm just for 10 minutes long. And it's to give hmm. you know everyone the freedom to kind of either meditate, go for a walk, or just kind of go take a breath of fresh air, whatever it is. Um, But it's that permission that I know that no one else can schedule a call or a meeting with me at that time. And I kind of hold on to that too with partners, make sure that I'm never blocking that timeframe. So if I miss, you know, the morning, there's, of course, two group meditations, one of which you were in on when you were visiting, but yeah, I, I do actually really like that three o'clock time frame because I feel that, you know, it's natural to kind of hit that that energy slump in that wall around three or 330. Um, you're either like searching for some kind of crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or kind of like, should I have a coffee? Should I not? Um, so, so yeah, I find that 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 three o'clock time frame is great. I mean, my parents have been meditating in our living room since as far as I can remember, far back as I can remember. And they used to Meditate instead of taking a nap. Like if they were tired at like you know five or six or something, or before going out for a big dinner, um, I would see them meditating together in the living
0: room. And I'm like, those kooks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Look at you now, Um,
1: Emma. (laughs) No, I'm a kook. So
0: yeah, that that works though.
1: I like thinking about it like that too. Like if I'm really, I'm not a napper. So if I'm you know tired or have an event or need to go to something, like it's quite rejuvenating to you know. It's just, just, yeah, sit down and, and meditate for 10 minutes. It's really surprising how you feel coming out of it.
0: Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I've been trying that actually probably the last seven or eight months. And, um, it's, I, I didn't expect that difference and it's, it's been huge. I mean, definitely on, uh, I find like the weekends, um, I have a three and a half year old. So if he goes down for a nap, I'll do like a, mm-hmm. a 15 minute meditation and I'm always oh, amazed nice. at how much more energy. Do you find there's like yeah. a, certain, uh, um, like amount of minutes that, that works for you? Like, is it a minimum of 10, do you think?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah. I, I typically don't, don't meditate for, for anything less than, than 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I also just think it's what you're used to, right? Like, sure. and then I find that, you know, at times that feels too short, but it also depends kind of how guided the session is for me. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like I can't get kind of like quote deep enough yeah. into it if it's, if it's a, you know, too short of, of a session. But then again, like we have these, what we call like SOS sessions in Headspace. I got, you know, not going to say I have like a speeding ticket when I was in Vancouver. So <laughs> I was waiting home for a meeting. And when I got home, like the first thing that I did was like, open the app and did like the frustrated SOS session. And it's only three minutes and it really calmed me down. Yeah. Those are powerful. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it kind of depends on the situation, but, but yeah, typically I would say like minimum 10 minutes for me personally.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I want to respect your time. So I definitely want to get your three reflective questions. Um, and these, whether you're journaling on them or not, or th- th- whether yeah. they're just questions that pop up in your life. These are, are super powerful for, you know, shift things up from just hearing the same type of questions over and over again. So,
1: yeah, well, hopefully, you know, I mean, someone has probably already said these, but um, I, I, for me, I'm kind of constantly asking myself um does this scare me. Ooh, I, like I think it's really important to recognize, you know, fear but also labeling something as being afraid when really it's just a new challenge and like, you know, you're just not viewing it as a challenge, you're yeah. viewing it as something big and scary and unachievable. Um so I always know that if if I'm feeling kind of scared or, you know, nervous, um, or kind of like afraid about about a big decision, it's probably the right decision for me. Sure. So I, I definitely ask myself that a lot. Um and kind of like in line with that, um, I'm just a I'm super in tune with with my intuition. And so I also ask myself, like, does this feel right in my gut? Um mm-hmm. and and just like following kind of like my my mind but but also my heart so um that's another one and then i also just like reminding myself of permanence and impermanence like is this permanent (laughs) just
0: yeah that's yeah (laughs) um
1: and, and i think that's really helpful too just to contextualize like you know the situation but also just to recognize that change is constant you know and and Nothing is permanent. And this may be the situation right now. Will it be like this tomorrow? Like perhaps. But will it be like this in a year from now? Like maybe not. Yeah. Um, so I think that also just really helps kind of level set my, you know, thinking about, let's say, like something that'll drastically impact my next move or, mm-hmm. you know, my career, whatever it may be. Um
0: well, what I yeah. what I like about that is it just it really helps avoid that you know, that anxiety loop, or we, we're always totally. putting ourselves in these, these narratives, right, that 99% of the time don't ever come to fruition, but we just don't take yeah. the time to ask a question like that, to just yeah. pull out and be like, well, wait a second, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm running too fast on this loop. So no, these are great, great questions. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's, we all know like how easy it is to get caught up in that and that like worry tizzy, like feedback frenzy. Um, and it, it just, it doesn't serve you. I mean, you know, I think it's just so much, um, yeah, it just gives you more space to know that, that, that this isn't forever. Um, and although, you know, your feelings are valid and, and, um, it's okay to, to To start thinking about like, but what if, and if that, then what yeah. what happens, and then you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I just I just like kind of grounding myself in like, is this forever?
0: Yeah, probably not. No, that's great In a great way I think to to start wrapping this up. It's um, super powerful. You're
1: like, is this podcast forever. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I I want to respect your time and. Um, you know, I, I also want to obviously thank you on behalf of myself and, and, and everyone over here, but just really everyone, um, across the world listening and the people that you're impacting through your commitment and in, in the work that you do and you show up for each and every day, it's, um, you know, you're a, a very humble person, I think, but I hope you give yourself some self-love, <laughs> um, on what you're doing every day. Cause it, it's obviously having a huge impact and, it's exciting Uh exciting to see what um what's what's to come so thank you
1: well yeah no thank you for saying that i mean that's the kind of stuff that you know keeps me going and and keeps us going i know as as a business so yeah I, i really appreciate that hopefully we can have an even bigger impact you know over the next short while so that's why we're here